Good morning, Diverse City. If you are ready to worship God this morning, I just want you to get your hearts ready. I just want you to stand, to lift up your hands. Come on, if you're in your living room, wherever you are right now, you're watching me on your phone, on the TV. Come on, can we give God some praise here in the audience? Let's lift him up this morning. Father God, we thank you for the service. We thank you for this juicy fruit series that we have been in. Thank you that your word is going to go forth today. Touch lives, God, that you'll minister to every heart, God, that things will just shift in families today, God, through this message, through, God, the fruit of the spirit of patience right now in the name of Jesus, that the words that come from Pastor James will be directly from you, God, that we will just have a wonderful time in your presence. Amen. Come on, church, let's get ready. Come on, can we just give them some praise right now? As we get ready to start the service, we're going to start it off right, giving God all the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.
Hi, and welcome to Diversity Church, the perfect church for imperfect people. I'd like to welcome our diversity partners, first-time guests, and those joining us online. We are so honored that you picked us for your worship experience this morning. Please don't forget to like, share, and ask questions. Well, at Diversity, we believe that no matter your background, color of your skin, what you've been through in the past, or even your current location, whether you're watching me from the comfort of your own home, on your couch, in your car, on your phone, it doesn't matter, because we have all gathered together to give who God the glory, honor, and the praise, for he deserves it. Amen. Well, this week is Thanksgiving week, and right now, from our lead pastor, Pastor James, and Diversity Church and his family, we would love to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, it says, give thanks in all circumstances. So whether we're in a pandemic, whether we're at home, it doesn't matter, we have to give thanks. So right now, I want to give thanks for our diversity family, for all of our guests, and I want to thank God for you. We're so thankful that you are part of our diversity family. We pray that you have a blessed week, eat a lot of turkey, enjoy some family time, and just relax, and just take in the moment, and just be thankful. So this week, there's no activity going on from Diversity. We want you to just spend time with the family, enjoy this time off, and we're going to see you right back here Sunday morning, 1030, for our virtual service, ready to worship God. Amen. Well, we pray that you have a blessed week. We will see you soon. Happy Thanksgiving. If you look at this tree, it's huge. It's got branches that extend. It's got a few leaves left on it, but most of them have fallen to the ground. It's just like us in the season that we're in now. To many, if you look at the tree, it looks like a dead tree. It looks like there's no life in it. But if you understand trees, and you understand the season that we're in, which is fall, You know that the roots are planted deep and come springtime, it's going to blossom and there's going to be beautiful green leaves. It's just like us. You got to be rooted. You know, just like that tree, I think that so many of us are the same way. Um, And from the outside looking in, you see this great thing that once bore fruit and that once was very uh, beautiful to the eye and very attractive. And then all of a sudden the leaves fall off. And um, you look at it as there's no life in it. Um, It's the same way with our church. You know, we're in this season where uh, we are virtual and we don't have as much contact with each other and we're not being able to minister in the way that we're used to. Um, But take heed to this. Know in this season that we're in, know you may not be able to see the leaves, you may not be able to see all the uh, the fruit that's coming from the tree but know that the roots here at diversity are planted deep the roots in our church within our leadership and our members are deep and the things that are, are uh, nourishing those roots are nourishing the tree even though you may not be able to see the fruits of the labor right now know that the season will end know that soon 
those leaves will come back. Know that the fruit will come back and you'll be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. So I encourage you today to continue to pour into the church by way of your tithe and your offering. Continue to be faithful to the ministry, knowing that in due time, in due time, the leaves will come back. The fruit will come back and we will all be able to fellowship together to get. But in the meantime, keep our roots nourished and watered. Continue to be faithful to the church. And I promise you that uh, a harvest will be reaped. We love you guys and we need you in this very moment. We need the church even more in this time that we're in. So uh, if you would like to give, uh, you can text the word to, I'm sorry, you can text the word diverse to 73256. That's the word diverse to 73256. Or you can go to diversity.church, scroll down to the diamond, like I said last week, and you can click the donate tab. Uh, you can also mail it into 3201 Itasca Street and we'll get it that way. Uh, in the meantime, let's uh, continue to reach out to one another. Know that the church is here for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. God, even though we can't come together physically and we may not be able to see the fruit or the leaves anymore, we know that this is a season that we're in. And as any season, the season will come to an end. Lord, I pray that at the end of this season, Lord God, that we can look at ourselves at the church and say that we did everything we possibly could to continue to nourish the roots. Father, that when the next season comes, Lord, that we will have juicy fruit to taste and to see. Father, I thank you for everything that's happening now and in the future because we know that you are in control. So, Heavenly Father, as we prepare our hearts and minds to jump back into praise and worship, we do with a grateful heart and an excited heart for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's enjoy the rest of service together.
He is a way maker.
Good morning, good morning, good morning, Diverse City Church. How's everyone doing today at this time? If you have not done so already, please like, please share. This is your moment to spread positivity into this environment. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and also like as well. Let's do our part to share because we care about God's mission and purpose for Diverse City. So at this time, if you could, wherever you are, go ahead and get your Bible. Let's go to our focal passage. Yes, if you're sitting on your couch, if you're laying on your bed, I'm going to ask for you to stand in reverence and honor of God's word. And if you've been here for the last seven weeks, you know exactly where we are going. It is Galatians chapter 5, and we will read verse 22 and verse 23. Again, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, and we will read from the New International Version. All right, my people here, we're ready to go. We got the faithful four, and we also have Mr. Kevin in the back that makes the magic happen. We're again excited to be able to come into your home, but on the count of three, I want to see you online giving likes and shares and 100s for you to be able to engage in all that we are doing this morning. God has a word for you today. Let's read. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, come on, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to come into individuals' homes while they're out on the park, while they're out on the stroll, that your word never returns void. Matter of fact, your word says that we can decree a thing and it shall be established. Lord, we decree today that there's encouragement coming to where they are. We pray that your word today is bringing hope. Lord, we pray today that your word is bringing transformation that we can be more like you. Our goal is to not just teach this series, but as we study Juicy Fruit, that we will begin to display it, that our friends, that our family, that our coworkers, that all that are affiliated on this wonderful Thanksgiving week, that there's a difference in us because we've been changed by God. The Holy Spirit has been able to work and we give our bodies, we give our minds, we give our hearts to you to manifest your love, grace and mercy and all that agree say amen amen you may be seated all right so here we go juicy fruit part number eight every week we've been walking through one by one matter of fact in the comments in those that are in here can y'all tell me some of the juicy fruits we've talked about already self-control Self boom faithfulness okay what about on my right Gentleness, yes. Joy. Kindness. Kindness and goodness. And then one we also started off with, roots. Because if you don't have good roots, you can't produce fruit. God tells us that we are called to produce fruit and fruit that shall remain. And then last week during our sermon, we talked about patience. And matter of fact, today... I believe there are people just like me that one week of patience was not enough 
So today, we're going to talk about more patience, man. Tag that on our Facebook post. Tag that on our podcast. Tag that on YouTube. Don't just call it patience. We want to call it more patience. Again, before I forget, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I pray that you enjoy this time this week. Um, after the year that we've all been through, um, there should be several reasons for you to have gratitude, to be able to have appreciation for your loved ones, and most of all, to God. One little move, one little catch this year could have been different, but God has you right here, right now for such a time as this. So, as we go back into patience, it's a tough one. When we think about all of the fruits of the Spirit, this one is really countercultural for us to be able to display and for us to be able to make a difference. However, Christians, we have everything we need to be patient because we have the Holy Spirit. He is living in us. He is longing for vessels to be able to display his character. Matter of fact, if you're in the comments, if you would like to be used by God, put your hand up, put a fax up, put a 100 up. I'll throw two hands and one leg. If you can use anything, Lord, use me. Even in the middle of the pandemic, even when I'm hungry, even if I have my turkey, even if I don't get my turkey, better get my mac and cheese, though. Hallelujah. Amen. So, for those that were not here last week, let's just take five minutes and do a quick recap so we can jump back into it. So, last week, we kind of really talked about defining patience. Today, we're really going to jump in and talk about doing and implementing and living out a patient life. So if you could put that on the screen, Kevin, our first working definition of patience says patience is waiting, patience is enduring, patience is suffering, Uh uh-oh, as a determination of will and not simply based under necessity. Again, patience is more than waiting. It is enduring. It is suffering. It's doing it not beyond just necessity. We're doing it because it's right. Patience, the true patience from a biblical narrative, it originates from God. You can't do it by yourself. You need God's help to practice, to be able to sustain, to be able to maintain this type of patience. Amen? Definition number two, patience. It is the quality of self-restraint. It is careful thinking, yes, uh uh-huh, of not giving away into anger even in the face of provocation. So that means when people are aggravating you, when they're testing you, when they're willing to challenge your walk with God, when you want to leave at five o'clock and they ask you to stay to seven, that level of patience that tries to set you off when you're getting ready to drive in a car and y'all people in St. Louis City that don't like to stop at stop signs. That level of patience that is required, that is what God is talking about. So patience, let's be real, it is hard to gain, and it's even more difficult to maintain. Anybody got kids? Matter of fact, I'm not even going to bother that right now. Patience, it requires 
process if we want to make progress. Again, patience requires us going through the process if we want to make process, if we want to grow, or unless we just want to have a little piece of patience. But God wants to give us much fruit. So we have to be willing to go through the process. When we get off of God's course, as we discussed last week, you will run into defects, you will run into derails, and you will run into detours. But when you're patient, when you're steadfast, when you're immovable, when you can take a lick and and keep on clicking... uh, well, you could take a licking and keep on ticking. I think I still messed that up. Marsha, do not correct me in the comments. She said it to me every time. Patience is able to hold on. Patience is able to stay the course because you're not going to go into a derail. You're not going to follow a detour. But God is trying to take us into destiny. Amen. And then my favorite point from last week is that patience takes more why power than willpower. Again, patience takes more of why power than willpower. So when it comes to patience, your why have to be deep enough to handle the what, to handle the when, to handle the how, and that's how our why, because if we do it out of will, our feelings are going to come in when we do it out of just our own strength. Sooner or later, we get off the course, but when your why, when you do it as an act of worship, when you do it as your dedication and your devotion to God, you can do it. You can do it in 2020. It's not just an old historical principle that our forefathers of faith used to do, but it is available for us right now. So go ahead with me real quick. If you could locate Psalms chapter 130, verse 5, and I really believe it's going to set the tempo as we move today. Psalms 130, and then we're going to read verse number 5, and I actually want to give it in two different uh, translations. We're going to look at from the the New King James for our our old school folks here, and then we're also going to look at it from the Amplified version because it really weighs in a little bit more. So if you could put that on the screen, Psalms 130, verse 5, it says, I waited for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word, I do hope. Get that. He waited for the Lord, not just something out of his mind, not just something out of his spirit, but then his soul waited. It was a commitment in his mind, his will, and his emotions, and he was able to stay there. He was able to remain steadfast because his hope was in the word, not in the world. His hope was in the word. So then when you look at it from the Amplified versions, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. My soul expectantly waits. Again, my soul expectantly. It's one thing to just wait and just be tilling, but when you're waiting with expectation, Papa John, you're talking about waiting and patience at a whole nother level. And in his word, do I hope. Patience. You have to have expectation. Point number one for my note takers, I need at least five people to put this in the comments. Five people, get ready. Behavior follows belief. Again, my behavior follows my belief. 
I want to see it. Behavior follows belief. See, in the world today, we desire speed. But to be sanctified, to be transformed by God, sanctification takes time. It's not a microwave experience. It's something you got to put in the crock pot, let it simmer, let it go. I don't know what to do with those things, but I heard about them. Behavior follows belief. We want speed. We want it now. We want it fast. We want it yesterday. But when God wants to mold us and shape us and fit us for purpose, he has to sanctify us. And we have to be patient. We have to be able to trust him. Patience is God's perfecting tool in our life. That doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but God uses patience to shape us. God uses patience to mold us. God uses patience to get out the bad and replace it with his new and supernatural life. God uses patience to process her. God uses patience. The Bible talks about that he is the potter and we are the clay and we have to stay on the wheel of patience and allow God to be able to do his work. Amen. So when I studied, Tony, one of the things I noticed is that when you look at patience, uh, a term or a word or a phrase that's very closely I guess you could say tied to it, is that a lot of references, definitely in Hebrews, when you see patience, faith goes along with it. As we know, the Bible talks about that faith without works is what? Dead. Okay, a few Bible readers in the house. Faith without works is dead. So when it comes to patience, the action part, the display part of it comes within our works, and we display our works based on our faith. So here's my question. 2020 have all given us a certain level of trials, a certain level of tests. But if you could just pause for the cause real quick. If we could rewatch your actions, if we could rewatch how you handle certain situations out of all of the tests and out of all of the temptations, how would you rate your level of faith? See, I've discovered there's roughly about four levels of faith. Don't put this in the comments. I don't want anybody to put you on blast, but we're just going to talk for a moment. Level one. Some of us in 2020, if we rewatch, have a weak level of faith. What is a weak level of faith? You believe God enough for salvation. You believe God enough to make it to heaven. You say, you know what? I got car insurance. I got health insurance. I got homeowner's insurance. I guess I should get me some eternity insurance. All I have to do is confess with my mouth and believe with my heart. Okay, hallelujah, I'm going to heaven. That's it. That is a level. If you're only settling and living at that level, that is a weak level of faith. See, that means that you trust God with heaven, but you don't trust him on earth. See, when you have a weak level of faith, your confidence in your faith 
is secondary to the current facts, to your current fears, and your current feelings. When you have a weak level of faith, it is secondary to the current facts, your current feelings, and your current fears. That means that you can believe something, but as soon as you scroll, as soon as somebody says something to you, as soon as you walk with trepidation, you back off. That root of patience has been plucked out. You say, you know what? It's not worth it. The Bible talks about these type of people having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Weak level of faith. You have an awareness of the right things to do, but you don't have an appetite to actually change. I'll memorize the scripture. I'll say, yes, pastor. Yes, first lady, won't he do it? But you have no desire to change. You love God, but you're not willing to live for him. Level one, oh, it's tight, but it's right. Level two, level two is little faith. Little faith, we can just categorize this. Matter of fact, you could put this in the comments. Little faith is somebody that is just saved on Sundays. Maybe on a good week, the steam carries over to Monday, but this person with little faith is only saved on Sundays. The cares of this world, the challenges of this world overtakes what you believe. The Bible talks about in all of the Gospels about the different soils. This is the person that as the seed drop on their soil, it's immediately removed. It's immediately taken away because you're not hot. You're not cold. You're lukewarm. And the Bible says that I shall spew you out because you're a doubter and you're double-minded and you're unstable in all of your ways. I think that's my phone. We're good, though. Saved on Sundays. You're a person with little faith. Your roots have barely to begin to start. You build a house, and instead of digging the foundation, you're worried about your door. You're worried about the color of the paint. You're worried about how many windows. You're worried about how many rooms. But if you don't get your foundation right, it has to be a faith that is beyond Sunday, that takes over your Monday, that carries into Tuesday, that you can refill by yourself on Wednesday, that you're doing well on Thursday, that you can resist temptation on Friday. And on Saturday, you have expectations to come back into the house on Sunday because you are committed to live for him. So when you have little faith, here's the caution. These are the people where your commitment level is low. You'll do it sometimes. You may serve a little bit. You may tithe when you feel like it. Circumstances have to line up right. You'll do something here and there. You'll be a part of a ministry, but you don't want to be too committed because you struggle, we struggle. And here's the solution. When you look at Hebrews chapter 12, when the Bible talks about us being able to lay aside every sin and weight that easily besets us. And when you have a little weight, you carry around designer baggage. 
I don't care if it's Louis Vuitton. I don't care if it's Prada. It's a lot of junk that is keeping you from being able to grow. It is keeping you from being able to produce juicy fruit. Because it may not be a sin problem. It is a weight problem. Take care of that for me, please. Thank you. Your commitment level is low. And you cannot break out of this level without a prayer life. You cannot break out of this level without a form of digging, looking for guidance and looking from truth, not from a source, but from the source, not from a resource, but the source, which is your Bible, which is your word of God through accountability, through coaching. And then you're able to change, you're able to progress and you're able to grow. Amen. Uh Uh-oh. Level number three. Level number three, when we look at faith, is strong faith. Strong faith. What do you mean by strong faith? What's wrong with strong faith? It's nothing wrong with strong faith because you need to have strong faith. See, strong faith, here's a question when you're trying to figure out what type of faith you have. If you have strong faith, strong faith people are people that can believe for the big These are people that can believe for the supernatural. You got big dreams. You got big visions. You can become enamored with signs and miracles and wonders. If we can be honest, if you only have strong faith, virtual church is hard for you. Strong faith. When you have strong faith, you struggle with patience because you want to do the big thing. And God is saying when you have, if you want to have this patience, you have to be able to learn contentment. We need people with strong faith. Strong faith people love to do outreach. Strong faith people love to lay hands. Strong faith people are great volunteers. Strong faith people are great leaders. We need people with strong faith, but that's not enough. It's level three. There's a whole nother level available for you. Strong faith. Strong faith when Jesus was doing his ministry, teaching, turning water into wine, feeding, uh, feeding the multitude with bread and two fish sticks. Strong faith. Those people all came when Jesus taught about the Beatitudes. But if you only have strong faith, when we get to the cross, where were the people? There was no excitement. We didn't think he came to die. When you only settle for strong faith, sooner or later you will be disappointed. Strong faith people love to go from glory to glory, but they struggle with the two. They want to go to the glory. They want all of the mountaintop experiences. But God has to take us down sometimes to take us up. And you get frustrated and you want to back up and you don't want to go down because you only have strong faith. Strong faith. All of those great ideas, all of those great plans that you wanted to do this year and the coronavirus has challenged it. And you've given up because of adversity. Strong faith, it is great, it is necessary, it is good, but it's incomplete when it terms of us producing juicy fruit. 
Strong faith. We need your energy. We need your influence. We need you to generate momentum. We need you when we are able to open up church again. But there's another level. But there's another level that God has available for us. And if you didn't have it this year, it has been exposed. Look at here, look at here. Level four. Do you have long faith? Think about that. Not just strong faith, but long faith. How long are you able to believe the promise? How long or how confident are you that God said it and that despite my reality looks counterculture to what he said, I still believe. Long faith. I don't care about a pandemic. I don't care if I got COVID. I know what he told me. Long faith. I will keep on believing until it becomes my reality. Long faith. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how bad it hurts. Long faith. Let me just give you a few examples. Let's think about Noah. Long faith. Noah was a person that was blameless. He was righteous and he was known to walk with the Lord. And God challenged him. He said, hey, Noah, I know you have never seen rain before, but I want you to build a cruise ship. Hmm. The things that make you say, hmm. You've never seen rain before, but I want you to build a cruise ship that's big enough for your family and to bring in all animals because we're going to need this ship to preserve the generation. Long faith. And Noah, because he had long faith, he did not question God. But people, as you can expect, begin to question him. See, what throws us off the path of long faith is not necessarily our faith and belief in God, but it's when peers and others begin to question, what you doing? Noah, you still out there building that boat again? What are we going to use it for? What are we going to do with that? Shouldn't you be doing something else? You don't want to hang out? We got Thanksgiving coming up. We need to be cooking. You trying to build this boat? and be able to withstand all of the criticism. Nobody, according to the text, helped Noah. He had to do it by himself. He had to do it with the security, the confidence, and the conviction that this is what the Lord told him. And see, we read this narrative, and it comes, what, roughly about three to six chapters, however long you want to go, Papa John. But all historians all commentaries will tell you that he was building this boat for over 10 years. Long faith. And we give up on everything after 10 days. Matter of fact, 10 weeks. Long faith. Some historians will tell you that he was building that boat for 100 years. What type of faith does that take? Long faith. And when the rain finally came, 
and God began to answer his promise as the water poured out on the, the entire nation. After the rain finally stopped, Noah, exhibiting long faith, Noah had to stay in quarantine for another hundred days before he was able to get out and to step into the promise. Long faith. What are you waiting on today? There are grandmothers, there are grandpas, there are single, beautiful young women. There are great men that have been waiting on a promise, waiting on approval, waiting on a business loan. And I'm here to remind you, just like Noah, if you exhibit long faith, God will answer. It may not come where you want to, but God is always on time. Amen. Amen. Yeah. What about Ruth? My girl Ruth, because we need a few more examples. The Bible talks about in the book of Ruth, four chapters, beautiful, awesome story of redemption, of repentance, and God faithfulness. The Bible talks about in the story of Ruth, of the mother Naomi, which had two daughters-in-law, which were Oprah, not Oprah, not the one you're thinking about. This is Oprah from back in the day. And Ruth. And the story goes on to tell us that Oprah and Ruth's husband die. Now, as you know, any type of uh, Israel or Jewish history is that when one of the sons or when your husband die, you marry one of the sons. However, Naomi is old. Naomi is done having kids. They are in prime age. They are young adults. And Naomi says, yeah, I know you believe, but if I were you, I would go back to my homeland and go ahead and find you somebody else. And you'll be happy and you'll be fine and you can go and enjoy your best life. Now, at first, strong faith said, nah, we're with you. We're committed. We made this vow. We're going to do it. We're going to stay steadfast. But then one day... Oprah, I, I don't know, just start looking in the mirror. And she said, you know what? I'm still cute. I got a nice shape. I have a change of heart. I am going back home while I still got it. But Ruth, because she had long faith, she stayed committed. The Bible says in Ruth, I believe it's in chapter one, Ruth says, I am sticking with you, Naomi. Wherever you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. If we go back to somewhere else, I'm sticking with you. Because Ruth did not just have strong faith, but Ruth had long faith. And the Bible tells us through her faithfulness, you can move on. The Bible tells us through her faithfulness that while she continued to serve Naomi, while she continued to work, being faithful, understanding that she has turned her responsibilities over to God, God began to bless her and send her a Boaz. Oprah got her a bozo. Ruth got a Boaz. And we begin to settle. We begin to compromise. And God is saying, if you have long faith, what I'm going to get you, it's going to be better than anything that you can ever ask or think. Here's my question. Do you have long faith? Ruth, 
one of the few women that is quoted in the genealogy, Ruth, which became the grandmother of David, Ruth, a person that was surrendered, a person that was planted, a person that was committed to God. There's a few people I just want to encourage you here. You've been sowing, you've been planting in one season, and you think God has forgotten about it. And God says, you sowed in this season, but I'm going to bless you in the next season. You've sowed over here at this church. God can bless you at this church. You gave your all to this job. You worked overtime. You may commit it. You may sacrifice, and they still let you go during the pandemic. But God can send you a promotion that pays more, that gives you more benefits, that gives you more off time, all of that, just like that, because God is a God that never slumbers or sleeps. As we sow in tears, we shall reap in joy. Amen. Long faith. And we cannot talk about long faith without discussing Joseph. As we know Joseph, when he was a teenager, showed his strong faith, came out with a coat of many colors. It probably looked like my T-shirt. And he announced his dream to all of his older brothers and say, how you like me now? There's going to be a day where you kiss my penny loafers. All of you are going to submit to me because I am the man God has spoken to me. Strong faith. And as we know from his dream that he pronounced to others, Jealousy begins to set in. Hatred begins to set in. And because of the doubters, they sell him into slavery. Long faith. What are you doing in your pit right now? What are you doing in your home right now? Do you still believe or has God given you long faith in this season? But a pit wasn't enough. He's been accused of different things that he did not do, was working hard, being faithful in another place. And now he's being tempted by Potiphar's wife. And through it all, long faith, he stayed steadfast. He stayed committed. And now we see Joseph is in a prison and he gets two of his homeboys. He said, you know what? I got some gifts, I got some talents, I got a dream. If one of us get out, let's make sure we look out for each other. If you get out, Baker, if you get out, Buckler, if you get out first, let's make sure we take care of each other. And they say, you know what, that's cool. And guess what? When one of his homeboys left, he forgot about Joseph until Pharaoh had a dream. Because God knows how to put you on the mind of the right people at the right time. He may have forgotten, but God has not forgotten as he exhibit his long faith. And as we know, Joseph was able to be promoted. Joseph was able to interpret the dream. And then we're able to see reality that Joseph dreamed at the age of 17, now an adult, Over a decade has passed, and his brothers are coming, and they're at his feet saying, Lord, can you help us? Can we get some food? Because when you have long faith, you will get the last laugh. Ooh, that wasn't even in my notes. Long faith, always get the last laugh. See, here's the thing. Think about this. We serve a God of vengeance, 
We serve a God of recompense. And sometimes when we hear scriptures and we hear things like that, we want God to eliminate our enemies. We want God to destroy them. We want our enemies to lose their job. We want our enemies to get a divorce. And what God tells us, if you study Psalms chapter 23, verse number five, the Bible tells us he'll set up a table in front of your enemies. He will cook your Thanksgiving plate and your enemies will be close enough to smell it, but they can't eat. Because the best comeback is a come up. I'm going to say that again. It will catch you on Tuesday. The best revenge, the best comeback is a come up. How you like me now? From the pit, from the prison, from working at Potiphar's house. Now you're working at the palace. Long faith will continually produce opportunities where you want to give up, where you want to quit, but you have to be able to hold on, to wait with expectation in the word. See, in 2020, there are so many people in here. You have placed a period on 2020, and you're waiting for next year to show your long faith again. And I'm telling you, God can do more in these last 30 days than the first 330 days of the year. God doesn't need a lot of time. You need time. God doesn't need money. He already is the resource. Long faith. Again, no conditions, no judgment, just love. You maybe had situations this year where you've exhibited weak faith. You may have had situations this year where you've shown little faith. You may have some things that you're believing for that you have shown strong faith. But this year, 2020, God wants you to have long faith. That is a long time on point number one. But what are you going to do? It's time for the word of God. Come on, let's move on. Hebrews chapter six, verse number 12. And we're going to read this. From the Good News Translation. This is so good. This is going to be better than your meal on Thanksgiving. I promise. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 12. It says, we do not want you to become lazy, but to be like those who believe and are patient. And so receive what God, and so receive what God has promised. Wait, let's leave that right there. The Bible says we don't want you to become lazy. So, point number two, if you want godly patience, you have to work while you wait. Put that in the comments. Work while you wait. Waiting is just not sitting down, getting on your lazy boy, waiting for everybody to do certain things for you. But God is saying in the middle of the pandemic, while you're being patient, you got to work. Work what you have Learn some skills, get some talents, whatever is required, whatever is the step that he's told you to do, the thing that you're called to do right now, God says, work it. See, 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 (laughs) how you wait determines how long you wait. How you wait determines how long you wait. Ask the children of Israel, 
Honestly, they could have just had an 11-day journey, but how they waited with grumbling, with complaining, with fighting, took an 11-day journey, and it made it 40 years because they were not willing to work in the wilderness. You have to work while you wait. Again, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. For obvious reasons, I pray that this year y'all enjoy some good food, some time with family. There are certain things during Thanksgiving I only eat once a year, Tony, and that's like dressing, you know, certain fried turkey. And this year, it's a little bit different. I know there's been a lot of things going on, the madness. We don't have to go through the rush of Black Friday. But here's my one request for all my diverse city people. This year, out of all years, to make everyone feel better. No prepackaged, no processed food. Only homemade food. <sighs> no shortcuts on the meals on Thursday. No cutting corners. Yes, I felt that. Mm, come on, Shonda, Shonda. Yes, homemade meals. Working in the kitchen. Working in the kitchen. Mm, I feel it. And you're talking to a person that can't cook. No shortcuts. Work in the kitchen. <laughs> Work in the kitchen. So, see, 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 see. <laughs> Move to the next one real quick. Let's just break it down. There used to be a day, back in the day, for my people that are 35 and up, I remember a time when I had a full head of hair, and I stayed in the South, and I used to go outside and did not come home until the streetlights came on. I could never find hand sanitizer because it was never there. And if I wanted water, I would just use a water hose. And as a kid, all of these various things that would go on, but on Thanksgiving, I knew what time it was. Yes, I'm talking about real cooks. I'm talking about homemade biscuits. No, 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 put the Pillsbury away. I'm talking about homemade cornbread. Not that Jiffy stuff, real cornbread, flour, eggs, and butter, oh my, all of it. Real red velvet cake that took work and you had to wait. Go to grandma's house. She would tell me to get the pecans off the tree to crack it, to crush it, and to make the most delicious cake there is. Real ice cream. Papa John, I used to have to churn the ice cream. My arms was hurting. My biceps was tight, but I was working and waiting because I knew the joys that was set before me. Mm. Not the Ted Drews, not the Briars, but homemade ice cream. You got to work. You got to work while you wait. Be patient in the kitchen as God continues to do the work. Say work while you wait. Work while you wait. Moving on. James chapter 5 verse 7 and let's look at the NIV version 
Just look at it on the screen. I'm not going to give you time. It says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how farmers wait. That's a key point. See how farmers wait for the land to yield its valuable crops, patiently waiting for autumn and spring rain. Again, the operative statement, look how long farmers have to wait. Now, out of all of the professions and degrees and businesses that we have, the area that takes a lot of patience is to be a farmer. See, God wants to ask you this question. As you go through 2020, we as believers have to be able to know and assess our season. There are certain fruits that only grow in certain seasons. There are certain vegetables that only grow in certain seasons. And if you're trying to sow, when God is telling you to weed and to plant and to water and to sow, you may be disappointed by the harvest. See, just like farmers, they can't control the economy. They can't control a pandemic. They can't control the weather. But a farmer has to work and trust in God. Matter of fact, it takes time to grow different plants. The seed has to go in the ground. The area and the environment has to be taken care of. The seed has to die. Then it has to go through a germination process. And then over time, not overnight, then over time and not overnight, then over time and not overnight, it is able to produce fruit. It's able to produce juicy fruit. So I'm asking you today, do you know what season you're in? Because there's different things you do, go back, in the fall. There's different things you do in the summer. There are different things you do in the winter. There are different things you do in the spring. And we love control. And I'm asking you, do you know what your season is? It's good. See, in the winter, you got to hibernate. In the winter, you have to be able to store up some things. In the winter, spiritually, it is your time to grow. In the spring, are you ready? The sun is there. The environment is starting to change. You've come out of hibernation. When you're in the season of spring, this is your sowing season. See, if you sow in the winter, it's going to die off. But when you sow in the right season, it's going to produce. And then in the summer, it is hot. It is hot. It gets really hot because we have a short spring in St. Louis. But we have a wonderful hot summer. And spiritually in the summer, this is your season of no. Relax. This is your season of no. You have to be conservative in terms of your energy and how you invest things and the stuff that you wear and the things that you don't wear. Because if you wear a winter jacket in the summer of your season of no, it's going to be rough for you. And then there is a fall season when God is telling you to go. And so many times this year, we've been like, Lord, we want to go. We want the pandemic to be over by Easter. We want the pandemic to be over by the summer. I want to get my beach body by summer. And God is saying, I do not work with the seasons. I want to do a new thing. So you have to know your season. Is this your going season? Yeah. 
when God wants you to move and advance, or is this your grounding season? And you have to become comfortable with the season of the time. And just like a farmer, understanding if we trust, understanding if we work, that God rewards patience. Say it with me. God rewards patience. Because when the harvest comes, just like a farmer, we have to be able to wait. We have to work. We have to be able to do it with expectations while you're farming, while you're taking care of your agriculture, you have to understand that the scripture tells us that delay does not mean denial and that while we're waiting that God can still work as the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 29 11 that God still has a plan for us to prosper us and not harm us to give us hope and an expected end as we wait. So when it comes to patience, obedience, God wants us to be obedient. The Bible tells us in Isaiah that if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Two parts. You have to be willing and obedient. See, culture tells us to go after ambition. God is saying to go after obedience. And we want the harvest, but we, we want to push away the hard work. Yes, give it to me, Lord. I'm excited. My strong faith kicks in. I want to do it. Three services, all of these things. Touch the whole city at one time. But God is saying hard work is the prerequisite for the harvest. Yes. See, he rewards those who diligently seek him. Point number three, my last point. Faith, I just forgot. Dang it. <laughs> Hold up. We're going to have to fix that part. Yeah, my aunt threw me off. My bad, Kevin. Let me get some water then. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Point number three. Faith qualifies you for the blessing, but patience secures it. Again, Faith qualifies you for the blessing. No matter whatever level of faith you have, you're in the game, but it is your patience that secures it. That means that it's available. That means that it's possible. That means that you can have it, but are you willing to be patient to secure the promise? Patience qualifies you for the blessing but it's going to take your patience to secure it. Your faith and patience work hand in hand. God wants us to produce patience in this season, but it's not coming with shortcuts. So I know there's a lot of people that says, you know what? This year, 2019, I was doing good. I had strong faith. I had long faith. But in 2020, if I can be honest, I had little faith or my faith was weak. And Pastor James, you didn't talk about it. I had no faith. I started questioning Christianity as a whole. I started exploring and reaching out to other things, trying to figure out how do I get past this season? And God is saying, 
Today, you can make a decision. Today, God wants to show not only for you to be patient, but for him to show his patience with you. That his grace and mercy is available still for you, despite your baggages, despite your issues, despite your struggles. So as I read this last passage, I pray that it brings encouragement to your heart and your homes today. The Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 40, and you can put this on the screen. We're going to read verse 1 through 3 from the NIV version. The Bible says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. God, as we wait, as we call unto him, he will answer. He will show us. And God is saying, you've waited on the wrong people. You waited to vote a few weeks ago. And if you had free tickets to go to Disney World, you will wait in the line with no complaining. And God is saying, in this moment right now, on this Sunday afternoon, will you wait for him? You don't have to wait all the way to 2021, but will you take and honor this moment and wait for him. See, sometimes in our walk with Christ, we have to wait for everything to leave before God to step in. And there are at least 10 people in your homes that are watching right now, and God is saying, the time is now. I'm here. Talk to me. Let's have a real conversation about this. I do not want you to stay in religion, but today let's form a new relationship. The scripture goes on in verse number two, when God turns and begins to listen to you, verse number two says, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Everybody had a situation where it's a little bit sticky. When it was like slime that was on top of you and God didn't come and judge you and leave you right there, but he was able to clean you up. He was able to give you a new start because we've all been in messy situations. We've all got some dirt on us. All of us have had our challenges, and God is saying, as you call to him, as you wait for him, he's willing to lift you up. Come on right now in the comments. Put your hands up if you need another chance. And then in verse number three, I love how this ends. It says, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear that the Lord put their trust in Him. See, when you're able to surrender to God and you feel like you're down and you're out, and God begins to pick you up and give you a new chance and be able to bring signs, miracles, and wonders and give you a brand new start. God will use your experience. He's able to take the wheat to conform the wise. He's able to use your dirt to show you that there is a destiny. He's able to use your mess to produce it and repackage it for ministry. 
God wants to pick you up. God wants to establish you. God will give you a new song of praise, a new song of worship. While others are focusing on the food, you're focusing on your faith, your story of God coming into your life, giving you a new start and say before, put that turkey down, put that dressing down, put that macaroni in down. Right now, we're going to give God some praise. There have been people that have died. There have people that didn't make here. But look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is my God. That is the God we serve. And he wants to use you to produce fruit in this season. No matter if you have no faith. No matter if you have little faith, no matter if you have weak faith, no matter if you have strong faith, no matter if you have long faith, God wants to use you. God wants to use you as a setup, not only to be transformed, but to pull others along the way that while you've had your challenges, while you have struggles, God has kept you, God has preserved you, and God will keep you and take you forward because with faith, And with promise, you will complete, fulfill, and maximize your purpose. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you today for your word. I pray that we work patience in this season. Lord, I don't care whatever their challenges are, whatever their strong, their struggles are, that we are a church, that we are a community, that we are people that will produce long faith in such a time as this. Lord, we thank you right now that through our patience and our commitment to you, that you're perfecting, that you're removing the things that are not like you, that you're giving us a new start, a new change, and our new song will be, it is a new season. It is a new day that there's a fresh anointing coming our way. There is a season of power. There is a season of prosperity, but there is a new season coming to me, coming to you, coming to your family as we produce fruit in this season. Lord, we pray for those that right now that have heard the word and that they feel in a dirty and a sticky situation. Lord, we pray that that simple confession of their heart, that you're willing to step in, that you're standing on the door right there and you're knocking. Lord, I thank you that your people are obedient today to allow you to come in, that as they confess their sins, that you begin to restore, that you begin to redeem, and that you begin to reestablish a new relationship with you. Lord, I pray for those that are right now that know better, but now today they will begin to do better. Lord, I pray for those that have strong faith, that have given up. Lord, revive us again. While they have looked at their situation and said, can these dry bones leave again? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes, for you have all resurrection power. And Lord, I pray for those that are in long faith. For your word says the very same power that raised Christ from the dead, it lives within us. So Lord, I pray as we go forth into this week, that this will be a week of demonstration, that this will be a week that we display joy, love, hope, peace, kindness, 
goodness, self-control, forbearance, because we have you working in our hearts. Lord, we thank you in advance for the harvest during this time, that our seed that we have sown, that the harvest will be greater, that we will receive it, some 30, some 60, some 100 folds, and we will give you the glory, and we will give you the honor, and we will give you the praise for the church of Diverse City, our guests, our partners, and family. If you agree with that today, say amen, amen, and amen.